Welcome to episode 88 of The Shore Report. I'm Heather Hyde. And I'm Jay Posner. And we have a very special guest with us today. We have Scott Clark, who is the Senior Director of Labor Relations at Bruce Power. And uh, he's going to kick us off. But maybe before we do that, Scott, can you tell us a little bit about what a Labor Relations um, employee at Bruce Power does? Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks so much, Heather. So yeah, thanks everyone. Uh, Scott Clark, I'm the Senior Director of Labor Relations. And and what is Labor Relations? Well, what, uh, what we do in the, in the labor relations profession is uh, we negotiate uh, unionized labor contracts. So I have a, a great team of professionals that negotiate uh, the collective agreements for our staff that work on the Bruce Power site. And we also negotiate the, uh, the collective agreements for our, construct- our construction trade staff that, uh, that works with us as well. So uh, folks that come and do the skilled trades work on site are also all uh, their terms of employment are managed under a collective agreement that uh, our labor relations team uh, manages and negotiates. That's a big job and I'm sure it's expanding now. We've got the major component replacement starting up shortly. So how is that impacting your role at Bruce Power? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, busy time for us in labor relations and busy times in general for the Bruce Power site. You know, we're approximately 70 days away from the start of our first uh, major component replacement uh, campaign with our Unit 6 uh, outage starting. Um, right now, we, uh, we're anticipating uh, in the beginning parts of early 2020 and as we, as we move into mid-2020 that uh, we'll see approximately 1,000 to 1,500 additional skilled tradespeople uh, coming to the area to support our project. Uh, that's on top of the 800 to the 1,000 that we, we have on a day-to-day basis that uh, are in our communities either living here or, or coming here uh, for uh, short-term work to support construction work that we have on our site. So, you know, big uh, big time for us because we're going to see a doubling of our workforce, uh, particularly on our skilled trades uh, side on the construction work that we're about to embark on. So what would you say the, the top three trades you're going to be looking at for the major component replacement are? Yeah, top three trades. I mean, we, we do work with 14 trades, and uh, but uh, given the type of work that we're doing, uh, the Boilermaker work is going to be uh, by far the largest demand on our site just because of the, uh, in, in the major component replacement, because of the, the removal of our fuel channels and our, and our feeder tubes, the Boilermakers do a lot of that work. And then the trades that, there's a, there's a few trades right behind the boilermakers that will have a big demand. Uh, electricians, uh, pipe fitters, uh, carpenters, uh, will be, and mill rates will be, uh, will be uh, trades that are in, uh, in demand. I know you asked for three and I gave you five, but the... the, the uh, <laughs> I'm not a mathematician. Uh, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let that slide. <laughs> As, aside from the boilermakers, which is, it, there's, a, there's a lot of boilermaker work. Uh, there, there's the, the, the next class of trades, there's a group of four of them there that I named that uh, have uh, probably the highest demand uh, on the type of work that we're going to be doing. Wow, that's great. So there's a high demand there. If someone is looking to apply, the best way for them to go about that is to get into the the union. The can you explain a little bit about that? The union halls. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that's that's an important piece for for listeners to understand, and that is um, the skilled trades that will be performing our construction work are referred from what we call the provincial or Ontario building trade halls and in particular if you know one is interested in becoming a, a boilermaker uh, you have to be a member of the boilermaker hall it you know you're not necessarily uh, you know you don't apply to Bruce Power to become a member of the boilermaker hall you 
you apply to the Boilermakers directly. And they have, uh, I mean, you s could simply, you know, uh, type in uh, per, uh, Ontario Boilermakers and it'll take you to a, to a website and it allows you to apply. Same if you were interested in either mill writing or carpentry type work, you have to apply directly to the union uh, that you're, that you're uh, at the type of trade that you're looking to perform. So you would, you would go to the, you know, the Provincial District Council of Millwrights and you would select the area that you're looking to perform work in and you could apply. Same with the uh, same with being a carpenter. So if you're interested in becoming a skilled trade and you're interested in starting an apprenticeship, uh, you have to do work directly uh, or you have to become a member of the union in question and you apply directly to them. I will also point out that we have put some information uh, about applying to these unions directly on our Bruce Power Careers webpage that provides uh, some more instruction and outlines the various trades and their applicable uh, either their website or their email address to uh, to apply to and you can find that on the Bruce Power Careers page under our trades section. Okay, great. And we can definitely put up a link to that on uh, this podcast as well. Yes, so you can find it easily. And Scott, we just finished a, your presentation to builders and developers in the community, and part of the discussion was about how, well, at least leading to information that would help, I guess, address the housing demand and was sort of a very interesting discussion about, okay, well, they if they aren't here on a long-term basis, because you said some of them are short-term work, how do we accommodate them? And what, so I think, and one of the themes of the show is to work together, cooperation is understand what that forecast looks like, how we can help Bruce Power accommodate uh, its employees or, or workers, I guess. And I guess I'm just rambling a bit, but can you sort of expand on that discussion? <laughs> yeah, happy to. Uh, and, and you're right, we just had a, a wonderful session with a group of local developers uh, from in our, in our uh, municipality here. But what we anticipate is, you know, anywhere from 2,000 to 2,500 uh, individuals that are going to be, you know, coming into our area to perform to perform this construction work, uh, some live in in our municipality or in our in our local uh, communities. Some live, you know, in neighboring communities whereby they can drive uh, to the site every day and in, in a safe commute. But others will need uh, short-term accommodations, and you know, it, the math suggests you know seventy percent of of our skilled trades are likely going to be living outside of a uh, you know one hundred uh, kilometer radius of the Bruce Power site which will require uh, some rental accommodations. So uh, what we had, what I had shared with the developers is that there will be a demand for uh, rental type accommodations. Uh, generally, you know, on that sort of monthly type rental arrangement, uh, uh, kind of on a per room basis. Uh, you know, we also talked about some other ideas around kind of room sharing because depending on uh, shift patterns or uh, hours of work, you could get into an arrangement whereby there could be uh, could be some you know a sharing or people traveling back and forth to their home community, but there will be a demand. Uh, you know, we anticipate there will be you know approximately a thousand or so, twelve hundred people that'll that'll need uh, short-term accommodations that'll be looking to to rent in our communities. Yeah, to totally. I mean, uh, the mix of housing that we historically have built is based on maybe old assumptions about how uh, workers want to live and, and that was maybe build a house and they will buy it and they will live in it till they're dead basically but uh, that's sort of changing too and you relate a story if you can about uh, millennials uh, and they're maybe 
changing uh, outlook for how they would like to live their life. Can you yeah, share no, that? Yeah, th- thanks for that. I, I uh, my, my, you know, I'm in the people business as a, in, 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 as the, as a, director of labor relations and you know we've recently been been looking at new ways to train individuals and uh, we had our first uh, kind of a an aha moment in my career where you know it, there is a new generation that's upon us uh, where you know they're not maybe as interested in that same sort of pattern where you know you know, obtain a job stay at it for 30 to 35 years or buy a house and stay in that house for 30 to 35 years but they're you know looking for flexibility you know looking for shorter term type employment at times they're looking for different ways more technological ways to obtain their training to maintain flexibility and and mobility and so when you think about development and housing you know that that's you know they may not look to buy and they may look to you know for shorter term rental arrangements no different than the type of kind of employment and flexibility that they're looking for and it's maybe a different than you know say 10 20 years ago the way we viewed uh, you know obtaining a job and buying a house yeah, and so I guess, you know, having that conversation helps us make better decisions. So, um, uh, because they're going to be part of our community, even if it is a short-term uh, uh, resident, but the, they, they still deserve service within Soggy Shores, and we want to make it an attractive place and welcoming place for them. So thank you, Scott, for making the extra time to come on the show. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Heather, I, I've, that maybe I've forgotten. But it's, it's just a fascinating conversation, and I look forward to, to working with all, with all the partners that are involved and in, in sort of accommodating not only you know where they're going to live, where they're going to work, um, and making sure that they stay in Saugeen Shores once they get here. Because as we know, it's the fastest growing community in the region, and it's a wonderful place to live. So.